looking for is down yonder at the temple preaching. That's where you'll find them, down at the temple preaching the word of God. And so uh, the high priest sends his lynch mob down there to lay hands on them. And uh, we pointed out last week that they took them, thank you, a cup of water. Well, out of bottles. Amen. Maybe I won't turn that over and make a mess. They, had ta- they, they went down, they took them without violence, put their arms around them, escorted them back up. Now they're going to stand before the Sanhedrin. We'll pick up our reading tonight in verse number 27. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be, at a, to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. So is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Let's pray together. Father, Lord, we pray tonight in Jesus' name, God, that you'd meet with us in the service this evening. I pray, God, that everything will be said, everything that be done tonight would be in exact accordance to your will. Bless us and help us now as only you can, and we'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. i give you just a little disclaimer before I go to preaching tonight. Uh, Rachel fixed them big old stuffed peppers for supper. I love them. One of my favorite things she fixes, that cream cheese and sausage and all that stuff in there. And she got them out of the oven piping hot. And I was late for church, but I thought, I've got to have two of them peppers. And in the process of eating them, I have burnt the roof of my mouth somewhat severely. And I've got big old blisters on the top of, so if the preaching ain't no good tonight, I'm going to blame it on the, I'm going to blame it on the blisters, amen. Because uh, I got big old blisters. I feel like I'm talking like I'm talking like this. So we'll try our best to preach a little with what blisters we've got in the top of it. Ought to make for some hot preaching. We'll see. We shall see. All right, let's look at these verses tonight. And I want to think on the subject this evening of obeying God rather than man. Obeying God rather than man. All right, they've got the apostles. They've called them up before the Sanhedrin. If you can imagine with me for a moment, uh, they would set the Sanhedrin kind of in a horseshoe and the accused would be there in the center of this horseshoe of, of men who were there to judge. This was Israel's supreme court. I mean, they've done bypass district court and superior court and they've went all the way to the Supreme Court. And they're, they're that serious about what these men are doing. Now don't you know that as those disciples walked in, 
that that would be an intimidating experience. And I think I've told you this before, but over my course of uh, uh, working in law enforcement a couple of different times, I had to go with someone who had to testify in front of the Training and Standards Committee. And uh, you walk in a room and they've got uh, seats in the middle of a horseshoe of tables and sitting at them tables are 12 sheriffs from across the state. And they set you right in the center of that in a, in a chair. Unfortunately, I never had to testify. It was always I was with somebody else to help them testify. But I've been in that situation, looked around, them sheriffs all dressed up and all them stars on their collar and everything. Boy, it sure is impressive. Amen. It's intimidating is what it is. And, uh, in the natural sense, you'd have thought that these men would have been intimidated. But they've got something that, buddy, happened to them at Pentecost. They got filled up the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, nobody intimidates them anymore. Friend, they're there on, the, on a mission, on the cause of Christ. So they're not afraid at all. They come in that Sanhedrin. Now there is this uh, accusation that's made. Let's think about the accusation. The first thing that they accuse these men of is teaching in the, in, in the Lord's name. Said, you've been teaching all over town in this name. That word teaching in the Greek, it's didymus. It means to hold a discourse with others for instructions. That's a, they, they had to plead right there, guilty as charged, judge, guilty as charged. Uh, just as sure as the world, we've been out there telling people about Jesus, about his death, about his burial, his resurrection. And I tell you what I like about old Peter. Uh, he's fixing to say, if you'll sit right still, I'll tell you too. Amen. And so they've been, they, they're guilty on that charge. They've been all over town teaching that. And not only have they been teaching, but here's the other charge. Said, y'all been proselyting. He said, you've done filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Amen. Well, if I'd have been them apostles right there, I'd have said, whoopee, hallelujah, that's right. Uh, tell it now. Boy, you talk about the power of the gospel. It spread, I mean, like wildfire. Uh, and the high priest is realizing that he's losing his religious grip. Uh, and he said, this thing you're a preaching, it's spreading all over town. This doctrine, this manner of belief, you've done filled it up all over town. You're spreading the word. Well, there couldn't be a better thing said about a church, could there? I mean, wouldn't you like to be accused of what they just accused these, <laughs> these apostles? I hope they can accuse Concord of that. I hope they can accuse us of teaching and preaching about the Lord Jesus Christ and filling all of Yancey County with our doctrine. Amen. That ought to exactly be what we're trying to do. And that's exactly, they said, the accusation, they said, y'all teaching about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you filled a whole town with your doctrine. You, you just got it all. Boy, it's a spread like wildfire. Well, praise God. Praise God. Now, the next thing that the priest has to say is so interesting to me. He said, uh, and you're trying to lay his blood in our hands. Well, that's an interesting statement. <laughs> Who else's hands would his blood lay at but that bunch that crucified him? And this is the bunch that met in a kangaroo court and, at nighttime and did all kinds of illegalities uh, in order to get our Lord put on Calvary's tree. And now they're saying, oh, you're trying to lay his blood on us. 
Well, they've changed their tune, haven't they? I mean, you can read for yourself over there in Matthew 27, 25, when they're leading the Lord to Calvary, what they say, put his blood on us. And our children, put it on us. We're glad to be. Now, all of a sudden, they say, now, wait a minute. You're trying to lay his blood on us. Boy, they've changed their tune, haven't they? I began to think about that this morning as I was studying on this. How come they changed their tune, you reckon? I mean, you'd have thought that they'd have stood up. They were so bold in crucifying Christ. You'd have thought they'd have stood up and looked at them apostles and said, you're exactly right, we crucified him. We'd do it again if we had a chance. We're proud of what we did. But instead, they're saying, now you're trying to blame this all on us. He's trying to put his blood on us. And that ain't exactly right now. They've changed their tune. Well, did you know in the Old Testament, under the law, if you shed innocent blood, you yourself was guilty of death. Could it be that after the Calvary, them, that, that high priest and his uh, father-in-law, Annas, and all of that crowd of Sanhedrin, they maybe have looked back on all that in which, you know, uh, the people look at this and they think that really Jesus didn't do anything worthy of death. And now that we've got to thinking about it, it's pretty hard for us to put anything down exactly about why we had him killed. And so they're a little worried that maybe they've shed innocent blood. So now they're trying to distance themselves from that. They're saying, now don't let, don't, don't just say that was us. Don't, don't put his blood on us. I believe I sense just a little fear in these men, don't you? And rightfully so. Can I say to you tonight that the lost ought to be afraid? A crowd like this ought to be scared. That's what they ought to be. I began to think about this, Brother Marvin. I wonder how many of them have heard about the resurrection. Probably every last one of them. If not, they're getting ready to. They've heard about the resurrection. And regardless of what they say outside, maybe down, down deep on the inside, there's something going, reckon that's true. I, Reckon maybe we did crucify the Son of God. Reckon he is alive. Reckon we're going to stand before him in judgment one day. I, I tell you, I believe they may have put up a brave face on the outside. But I believe on the inside of these men, there's fear. Uh, and they're beginning to wonder about that, that this man called Jesus. Uh, and so they say, oh, don't put his blood on our hand. We don't want anything to do with that. So there's this accusation. Then we see the answer. We see that Peter, and just not only Peter, but also uh, all of the apostles stand up and give a reply. Verse 29, then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. I tell you what I think happened. I think Peter probably piped up and he said, listen, we're going to obey God rather than men. And then the rest of them said, amen, that's right. Maybe old John stepped forward and said, that's exactly right. We're going to listen to what God said. We don't care about what man says. And boy, if there ever was a lesson that the church needed to learn in 2021, it's that we're more interested in obeying God than we are obeying man. That's exactly right. And I believe in obeying the laws of the land. The law have mercy, I Enforced them for some years. I believe in doing what uh, what the law said and being law. And I, I read it like this one time: Christians make great citizens, but poor subjects. And that's truth. 
I don't care to obey the laws of the land. Matter of fact, I think we ought to. I believe we're commanded in Scripture to do it. Except when those laws go contrary to what God has said or the free worship of God and the free exercise of our worship, then at that point, I don't think we ought to obey the law. I think we ought to obey God. I don't care if it's the president, the Supreme Court, and the governor. I don't care who it is. I think we ought to obey God rather than man. That's exactly right. You say, well, that's, uh, that's a mute point, preacher. And, you know, before this last year, I would have said that we're a long ways from uh, people saying we couldn't worship or trying to dictate what the church can do. But I'm telling you something. I've got an old dog at my house. She's a good, she's a great dog. I mean, she keeps the bears running off and keeps the coyotes. Boy, she hard on coyotes. She's a great, big old great Pyrenees. And uh, everybody that knows I've got this dog, they feel so sorry for her because I have to keep her tied most of the time. And if I turn her loose, I got to be right with her. And you know why? Because a few years ago, she went down the, down the road and killed some of my neighbor's chickens. And you know what happens when a dog gets a taste of chicken blood? As soon as it gets loose, it'll run right back to the chickens. Can't get that out of it. Can't get it out of their mind. You, you can't break them from it. Once they get a taste for chicken blood, you can't break a dog from killing chickens. And let me tell you something. I believe with all my heart the government got a taste for authoritarianism over the church in 2020. Got a taste for it. And we can argue about the validity of it, but all that's in the past now. But I believe they got a taste for it, and I believe they'll take it steps further if time lasts. And we've got to come to the point where we, we're going to have to get to the point where we say, well, we were worried about what God thinks, what man thinks. That's what we're interested in. We are, we are interested in what God thinks. And so we ought to obey God. We ought to obey God rather than man. So first they talked about obedience. But then he talks a little bit about obstinance. Look at verse number 30. The God of our fathers raised up, look at that name, Jesus. Jesus. Watch this. When you look at what was said by the high priest in verse number 28, go back up there, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? Notice what they did. They wouldn't name Jesus by name. They said, we're not. Boy, the first chance Peter got a chance to talk, he said, Je- 